This episode of Local Knowledge is brought to you by Ping, the family-owned company that's been helping golfers enjoy the game for more than 60 years. What started in the garage of a frustrated golfer has grown into one of the most respected equipment brands in the game by bringing golfers what they want most, lower scores. Your 12.55 tee time. These two gentlemen are the only two in the field who have won the Tour Championship. Winner of 34 PGA Tour events, including the 2002 Masters Tournament, the U.S. Open, the Bay Hill Invitational, the Buick Open, the American Express World Golf Championship. All right, all right. (laughs) Good for him. Good for him. Tiger. Phil. Two of golf's all-time greatest players, two of the game's most entertaining figures, and two guys whose careers have been inextricably linked for more than a quarter century. That's a long time to share the spotlight, and they've faced off countless times during that span. There have been laughs shared like the one you just heard at the 2002 Tour Championship, but there have also been long periods of silence between the two superstars. And along the way, their very public rivalry has fluctuated between friendly and fierce. So what have been the key moments between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson that have shaped their parallel existences? How have they used each other, both for financial gain and motivation? And how do these two legends really feel about each other? I think it's evolved. Uh, yeah. I think it started out I think it started out as two very ambitious young guys with big egos who are used to being the star having to fight over this inf- infinitesimal territory at the top of the pyramid and it created a it created distance. Um, I think as time went along, there was more respect. I'm Alex Myers, and this is Local Knowledge, where we take a deep dive into some of golf's most compelling stories. On this episode, with the Masters just two weeks away and both past champions' careers in transition, we examine the long and at times complicated relationship between the two undisputed golf heavyweights of the last three decades. Oddly enough, the most recent interaction between Tiger and Phil came when both weren't anywhere near a golf course. Two months after Mickelson declared victory in the PGA Tour's inaugural Player Impact Program, the Tour announced that Woods had won instead. Tiger had edged out Mickelson for the $8 million bonus, but he'd also gained something even more valuable for a man who has earned well over a billion dollars in his career. Bragging rights. So Tiger, not exactly known as being Mr. Social Media, tweeted a brief but impactful response to Mickelson's original tweet from December. Woods used just one word, whoops, along with two shrug emojis to send golf Twitter into a tizzy. There's a good number of people who wonder, was he piling on? Um, But I, I just think if you took it in the context of he was responding to Phil's tweet about winning the PIP in December... And if you just keep it to that narrow, he's like, whoops, looks like you had that wrong. You know, now I won and you didn't. That's Bob Herrick, whose book, Tiger and Phil, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry, comes out next month. But regardless of how people felt about this latest contest between the two, the fact that they were even the top contenders shows just how much they've meant to the sport. It is interesting that these two guys that are at this age and point in their careers would finish one, two and something like that. It does it does sort of tell you the firepower that they still possess. So how did we get to this point? And how could a one-word tweet make so much noise? Let's take a look back. We've always respected one another and what what one another could do on a golf course. And 
you know, the the wins and yeah, obviously losing to him does, doesn't feel very good. <laughs> and I tend to uh, rub it in. <laughs> he's the wrong guy to lose to, right? We'd always try and find out. Okay, I know he's playing on the 14. What is he through? What is he right now? <laughs> How many under is he? You know, it, it, that was very similar to what Arnold and Jack went through all those years. Yeah. And they always try to beat one another. And if you beat, beat the other one, you're more likely you're going to have a chance to win a golf tournament. It's funny, but in a sense, Phil Mickelson was Tiger Woods before Tiger Woods. A phenom. A prodigy. Whatever you want to call him, he was clearly on the path to becoming one of the game's all-time great players after an amateur career that included three NCAA titles, a U.S. amateur, and even a PGA Tour title while he was still a junior at Arizona State. No amateur has won on the PGA Tour since. Certainly a good swing. Bradley left to the hole. Good looking. <laughs> that putt to win the golf tournament. The 20-year-old amateur. Phil Mickelson. After turning pro in 1992, Mickelson continued his winning ways. And even as a fellow SoCal kid who was six years younger started following in his footsteps and began to pile up amateur titles of his own, many still expected Mickelson to be the future face of golf. At that point in time, there was no reason to believe that Tiger was going to be better than Phil. In fact, there was some sentiment that I that obviously looks silly now, but back then there were a lot of people who believed that Phil would have the better career. Mm. Now, whenever I say that, I say, it's not like Phil had a bad career, obviously <laughs> 45 wins and six majors. It's <laughs> phenomenal. But I mean, in, in, they would have thought that, okay, maybe Tiger wouldn't have done as much as that. Right. Because of what Phil did as an amateur and as, a, and as, you know, as a college player. On August 25th, 1996, Mickelson picked up what was then the biggest win of his career at the NEC World Series of Golf. Unfortunately for Phil, golf fans and even Mickelson's peers were paying more attention to another event that day. Another Tiger comeback completed, and with it, golf history. Three straight U.S. Amateur Championships for Tiger Woods. And I think it's a very interesting uh, coincidence that on the very day that Tiger won his third straight U.S. Amateur uh, in, in 96, Phil won what was then called the World Series of Golf at Firestone. He beat Greg Norman, played in the final group, was his ninth tour victory, hmm. got, him to within, got him to the top 10 in the world for the first time, and nobody paid it any attention. All the players at Firestone were watching Tiger in the, in the U.S. Amateur at, at, uh, at Pumpkin Ridge, and, and that's kind of, from that point on to me, is sort of when it was on. Three days later, Tiger uttered the words, Hello world. And the PGA Tour would never be the same. You know the rest. There it is. A win for the ages. After racking up all those amateur titles, Woods wasted no time winning on the pro level with two victories in his first seven starts. Still, it was Mickelson who won four times that season and looked poised to be voted PGA Tour Player of the Year until Tom Lehman won the Tour Championship to go with his British Open title. 
Mickelson would twice equal that four wins in a season, but he'd never claim player of the year. Meanwhile, Woods won it the following year and a staggering total of 11 times in his career. Here's Golf Channel's Jaime Diaz, a former senior writer for Golf Digest, who has covered both Tiger and Phil since they burst onto the scene. You know, Phil could have, uh, I think, jumped up in people's estimations too by winning player of the year that time. And then by 96, it was over. It was all Tiger. You know, once he got out on tour and Phil, I think, went into a little bit of a, a lull, probably emotionally and, uh, you know, competitively, he just wasn't quite the force he had been overshadowed by Tiger. I always feel like one of Phil's great, great qualities is his resiliency. He bounced back from that better than anybody else did who was sort of caught in the, you know, into the vortex of Tiger mania uh, and, and how good Tiger was early. Um, you know, Ernie had to recover from that, and he did to some extent. And uh, uh, I, But Phil had the most uh, staying power in that regard. But no one had as much star power as Tiger. The 1997 Masters was obviously a landmark occasion in golf history for many reasons. But it also made clear that in terms of sheer ability, no one was on Woods' level, not even Mickelson. Woods didn't just win his first green jacket in his first Masters as a pro. He overpowered Augusta National during a 12-shot romp. He beat Mickelson, who missed the cut for one of just three times in his career, by even more. It was hello world and goodbye Phil and everyone else on tour. I think at first, you know, it, ro- it raised his competitiveness, like I'll take care of this. And then I think it led to discouragement because Tiger was just so good. Again, with Prodigy, and Phil was one, but Tiger was really one. You never know going forward for sure. There's a lot of hot shots, uh, and they don't necessarily, you know, uh, continue to progress. Uh, but I think Phil clearly it, it kind of stole his stage uh, in the early '90s or m- mid '90s. That being said, it was Mickelson who had a golden opportunity to steal a historic achievement by Tiger at Augusta four years later with Woods seeking an unprecedented fourth consecutive major title at the 2001 Masters, Mickelson played his way into the final group with Woods. He was tied through five holes that Sunday and trailed by just one until a three-putt bogey on the 16th hole all but ended his chances of thwarting the Tiger slam. That could have been a turning point. It doesn't mean Tiger wasn't going to win a bunch of majors, but it would have sped up the process. It was still three more years before Phil won his first uh, Tiger, you know, obviously won two the next year. Phil contended in the one at Bethpage in 02. Who knows how might that, that might have been different if Phil could have pulled that off. By the time Tiger won the 2002 U.S. Open at Bethpage, he had eight majors to Mickelson's none. At that point, calling Tiger-Phil rivalry would have been like calling the Harlem Globetrotters and Washington Generals competitive. Tiger got up on him eight to zero in majors. It's really pretty amazing to think of. Is uh, you know Phil had the head start on him, and Tiger's got eight. Tiger's got a career's worth of majors for two players, three players, and Phil doesn't have any. So obviously, it it got to him. There was times when it was really, really trying. But then Phil started to show the resiliency that Diaz mentioned. Sure, it helped that Woods went through a bit of a lull while he was making swing changes after leaving Butch Harmon for Hank Haney. But Mickelson finally started to switch close calls for closeouts at some of the biggest events, beginning with the 2004 Masters. And Mickelson looked like he'd have a shot at his own Phil Slam when he arrived at the final hole of the 2006 U.S. Open at Wingfoot with the lead. 
a par would have given him three consecutive majors and finally vaulted him to number one in the official world golf ranking over Woods. Instead, well, you know. Doesn't like this one. Going way left, way, way left. Oh, what a bounce out into the rough to the right. But I don't think that'll leave him much. Off of the hospitality tent. Still, Phil had finally punched back enough to make it a rivalry. You know, throughout the mid-2000s there, they were trading green jackets. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Phil won a couple of majors and Tiger was in the mix. And Tiger started to view Phil as as a legit rival. You know, and I, you know, the title of the book, Golf's Most Fascinating Rivalry, it's not golf's greatest rivalry, not best rivalry. It might not even be a great rivalry. I mean, you could certainly argue that Tiger had no rival if you want, but Phil gave him the best shot, I think. And, and I think that's what I've tried to sort of point out as you take it through there, that Phil gained some confidence and Tiger felt a little threatened for, for a good, good number of years there. Of course, as we saw with Tiger's recent tweet, there's a lot more that goes into any sports rivalry than just results. When you're a family-owned company like Ping that's been in the golf business for more than 60 years, it's clear you've earned the trust of generations of golfers. If you've ever played a Ping driver, iron, wedge, or putter, you know what we're talking about. The engineers at Ping go to great lengths to make sure their newest products are always better than the previous version. They like to say the product speaks for itself. We've heard that a lot, so if you haven't tested one of their products, it's time for you to experience a Ping Custom Fitting. They fit every club in the bag to help you play your best, from the popular G425 family to their newest products like the I525 Iron, Glide 4.0 Wedges, and PLD Milled Putters. And once you've been custom fit, your clubs are custom built to your precise specifications. You can't get any more custom than that. Learn more about what sets Ping apart at Ping.com. You don't have to take it. You no, don't have to no. take it at all. But hold I'm going to throw that off, out hold there. Hold on, hold on. So you think you can make birdie on the first hole? I know I'm going to make birdie on the first hole. Double it. <laughs> Did you see how I baited him like that? <laughs> yes. The reality is that for all the time Tiger and Phil have spent in the spotlight, they haven't had many moments in which they actually shared that spotlight. What makes golf different from other sports is that the biggest two names rarely end up battling each other down the stretch, and the PGA Tour rarely paired them in the same group, usually putting its two biggest stars on opposite sides of the draw. They also never spent much time in each other's company away from the course. The age difference, living on different coasts, and the fact Mickelson was already married when Tiger turned pro kept them in different social circles. Not that Woods was ever much for social circles. He famously kept his competition at arm's length, seemingly only really letting in older players like Marco Mira, who he didn't find as threatening. That being said, his coldness toward his competitors was even more apparent with Mickelson, in large part because he could see the talent Phil possessed, particularly with a short game that even Woods has always marveled at. I would say it was a little bit more to Phil. They clearly weren't buddies, and I don't think this is highlighted any better than at the 04 Ryder Cup. It, it really did sort of highlight their differences. You know, if, if animosity is too strong a word, certainly the fact that they weren't buddies, that they weren't going to get along, that they weren't going to collaborate. Ah, uh, the 2004 Ryder Cup. Yeah, we should probably talk about that for a second. 
That's, of course, when Tiger and Phil were paired together as partners by U.S. Captain Hal Sutton. We'll let Hal explain what he was thinking at Oakland Hills that week. I felt like the game would be better off if they became friends. Mm. And uh, they're the two best players out there. But the problem is, is everybody, their own boat is more important to them than uh, the overall ocean. I was hoping that had they played well together uh, and won a couple of matches, a friendship would have been started that uh, would have forged ahead. Needless to say, Tiger and Phil didn't become besties. And the move wound up going down as one of the biggest tactical errors in golf history, as the Americans fell behind by five points on day one and went on to suffer their worst loss ever. Sorry, Hal. Of course, hindsight is twenty-twenty. After losing 2-1 in a morning four-ball match, Woods and Mickelson were actually three up at one point in their afternoon foursome match, and still all square on the 18th tee, when Mickelson sliced a three-wood up against an out-of-bounds fence to essentially end the match. If body language could kill... Mickelson wouldn't have made it back to the clubhouse. But despite their failed partnership on the course, any rumors that these guys ever hated each other are false. Diaz believes Mickelson actually wanted to be friends when Woods burst onto the scene, but was stonewalled by his younger foe. And even Phil's most famous dig at Tiger, when he said Woods was playing, quote, inferior equipment in 2003, wasn't even much of a dig. Mickelson added in that interview with Golf Magazine that, quote, Tiger is the only player who is good enough to overcome the equipment he's stuck with. But Tiger, known for using even the slightest of slights as motivation, much like Michael Jordan had, didn't take too kindly to that. However, Tiger's attitude toward Phil began shifting when the Southpaw started punching back on the course. When Phil finally did start to, to, to play better and win more majors, I think Tiger gained a level of respect for him then. I don't know that he had that. I think he thought Phil was an underachiever. He was wondering, why is this guy with all this talent not winning more? Why is he not winning majors? And, and Tiger actually kind of looked down on him a little bit. And then he started to get better. Tiger gained respect. He knew what he was up against. But that didn't make their relationship any easier right. because Tiger didn't want to let a rival get close. Not that that's unusual. As Diaz notes, every famous rivalry in golf history has had some tension. From Hagen Sarazen, to Nelson Hogan, to Palmer Nicholas. The farther you go back, the more time top players spent together on the road, especially since many needed barnstorming tours to make real money. But the Hague and the Squire had a strained relationship, at least at first. And Hogan had a frosty disposition similar to Tiger toward everyone, including his fellow Fort Worth rival Nelson. And despite the King being gracious about the Golden Bear knocking him off the throne, and the two becoming longtime pals, even Jack and Arnie clashed over business and grew distant at certain times. The top of the game is so, it, it's such a small area of territory that, you know, you're, if, if there's two guys who are close to being the same at the, at the top, they're going to fight for it a little. It's hard to stay friends. The comparison to Jack and Arnie probably works best, although Tiger and Phil's playing careers, at least as top players, have overlapped for much longer. Like Palmer, Phil was overtaken by a younger, better golfer. But like Arnie, as much as it may have hurt Mickelson to not be the guy, he handled it well. And despite Tiger's superior playing record, the popularity contest between the two has always been a close battle, something that irked Tiger a bit, especially as he became such a dominant force. Despite being arguably one of the 10 greatest golfers ever, fans treated Phil like a lovable underdog. And like Arnie's army of a bygone era, 
Mickelson always had rabid crowd support from fans who appreciated his aggressive style of play. Phil has often said he modeled his interactions with those friendly galleries both during rounds and after with autograph lines after Arnie. That certainly helped his reputation, but it also served him well against his rival. Yeah, I think um, I think Phil played that and was calculating about it. A lot of people felt that, rightly or wrongly, that it was an intentional contrast to Tiger, you know, because Tiger would shun people, shun the autograph line. And, and Phil wanted to make, create that differentiation. I'm, you know, I'm the people's guy. And, and Phil would smile more and he was more outgoing and just by natural personality, but also he knew that played in his favor as far as popularity. Woods, on the other hand, had his own way of getting in Phil's head and it involved his own body. Tiger trained in the gym perhaps as hard as any golfer ever and the results were apparent. Phil was a great athlete, but Tiger looked like a great athlete. And he liked it when others noted the difference. He didn't mind uh, people being more aware of somebody's flaws. I think that that strengthened his, you know, confidence against them. And I think one place he thought he had a real advantage was in the area of fitness and work ethic. And I think it really bugged Phil that Tiger was seizing on that. <laughs> it was kind of, a, I'll say it was a cheap shot, but it was definitely a psychological, kind of psychological warfare from Tiger. There's a softer side to their relationship, however, that hasn't been seen by the public. And then when Tiger had difficulties or, or Phil had difficulties, you know, with, with uh, uh, family illness and stuff, uh, Tiger was supportive uh, quietly, but it meant a lot. And uh, when, when, Phil, when Tiger had issues that, you know, publicly, you know, he was really going through a lot of, a lot. Uh, Phil, Phil offered encouragement, that meant a lot too. So I think as time's gone along, there's almost a bond. Like, you know, we're the survivors. You know, life's complicated. Uh, Yeah, we'll always try to beat each other off, but it's bigger than that now. So I'm not saying they're close, but I just think, you know, there's just uh, very few guys who can understand where both of them have been, and and they're two of the ones that can understand. So there's, there's a bond there. And it's a bond that the public did get to see at the 2016 Ryder Cup with Woods as a hands-on assistant captain and Mickelson as a player. He was very involved with Davis and Tiger got involved with Phil mm-hmm. and they discussed strategy. They texted a lot. They, they were very engaged. And I'm not sure that happens 10 years earlier. It was certainly quite a sight to see Mickelson hitting balls on the range at Hazeltine under the watchful eye of Woods. They'd come together for a common goal, but they were about to get even closer over money. A lot of money. At the 1998 Nissan Open, Tiger and Phil played a practice round together at Riviera. Not surprisingly, a few bucks were on the line, and Herrig writes about the funny interaction that came from it. Well, funny to Phil, that is. After Tiger paid off his loss with $500 bills, Phil posted photocopies of them at Tiger's locker with the words, Just wanted you to know Benji and his friends are happy in their new home. Apparently, Tiger didn't enjoy that too much because they wouldn't play another practice round together for another 20 years. But less than two years after Tiger and Phil were chummy at the 2016 Ryder Cup, they teed it up on Tuesday ahead of the 2018 Masters. Was a real friendship brewing? Well, more like a serious business partnership. The following month, 
the PGA Tour paired them together for the first two rounds of the Players' Championship. And shortly after that, they announced The Match, an 18-hole made-for-TV duel between the two. Oh yeah, with $9 million on the line. Suddenly, there was plenty of playful trash talk between them, and HBO even did a documentary leading up to the Thanksgiving weekend event. But despite promises of an entertaining match the likes of which we'd never seen, the pair's on-course interactions were sparse and awkward. They may have been friendlier, but you can't just flip a switch and become BFFs after 20 years. I think it was way more about the business aspect, to be honest. <laughs> to me, it was a relationship of convenience. Mickelson won the exhibition under the lights of a makeshift extra hole at Shadow Creek to claim the $9 million prize. And much like Tiger claiming the PIP bonus, Phil couldn't resist rubbing in his windfall at the other's expense, saying, quote, My heart can't take much more, in reference to being able to smack-talk his rival and posing for a photo in which he hugged stacks of cash. But they weren't done teaming up. In 2020, they brought in celebrities, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, for the second edition of the match. This time, the conversation flowed a little easier while they raised millions for COVID relief and gave sports fans a nice treat during a tough time. That friendship between the two that Hal Sutton had pictured more than 15 years before was at least kind of coming to fruition, as was his belief that it would be good for the game. Better late than never, right? But now Mickelson needs a friend more than ever. The 51-year-old finds himself facing a difficult situation after making comments to the Fire Pit Collective's Alan Shipnuck about a potential PGA Tour rival league backed by Saudi Arabia. The fallout has been costly, with Mickelson taking a hit to his popularity and to his wallet. Some of the six-time major champ's biggest sponsors have left him, including Callaway, Workday, KPMG, and American Express. And he's even taken a break from the game that many believe is actually a suspension from the PGA Tour. If anyone could sympathize with him, it's Tiger, who went through a similar situation after his sex scandal broke in 2009. Although, in yet another difference between the two, Tiger had been vehemently opposed to a potential rival league from the start. Still, one wonders if Woods would reach out to Mickelson during this tough time, or vice versa. After all, what will Phil do next brings new meaning now, and many wonder if, like Tiger, Phil will be able to bounce back. Well, I think time heals all, so, you know, Phil may have to play the long game more than he ever has. I think before, he just played the charm game. Again, I think he's going to survive it, and he's just, first of all, you know, we're talking about golfers here and their records that's how people are remembered that's their legacy uh you don't have to be a perfect person if you're a great great golfer you'll be remembered that way and phil's just got too good a record to just kind of cancel right. so i can't see that i've seen phil do some odd things before but having t up mark that ball has got to be up there use one of my u.s open medals do you have one huh do you have any i got some silver ones do you have any of the gold ones <laughs> Either one will work. I should have three on my right, feet tomorrow. Let me have it over. Conventional wisdom would have most people conclude that Phil Mickelson had the unfortunate timing of playing during the Tiger era. However, Mickelson doesn't see it that way. He's consistently expressed his appreciation for what Woods has done for the game, and yes, how much money he's made everyone on the PGA Tour. Phil is also convinced that Tiger pushed him to heights he never would have reached otherwise. At least, that's what he would have us believe. He's a pretty good pitchman, after all. And I feel like Tiger coming along during my career and playing as well as he did got the best out of me because I saw a level of play that I had never seen before. And I knew for me to be able to compete with that, I had to play my best. And it, it took a, a 100% dedication. And I feel like the wins and the success that I've had might not have been, very possibly would not be to that degree 
had he not come along. But there's definitely a good chance that Mickelson wouldn't have become as motivated to get in better shape to prolong his career if not for Woods, which means there's a great chance he wouldn't have become golf's oldest major champ at the 2021 PGA Championship. And we definitely wouldn't have gotten the following tweet from Tiger. Quote, Truly inspirational to see Phil Mickelson do it again at 50 years of age. Congrats! By the way, that message was capped with seven exclamation points. So clearly, these guys are capable of playing nice, even on social media. Mickelson was just as complimentary when Woods won his 15th major and 5th green jacket at the 2019 Masters. And Lefty even left Tiger a nice note on a napkin at his locker at Augusta National. Although, it only contained three exclamation points if you're scoring at home. Which... Knowing these two guys, they probably were. When you've been linked and compared for so long, it's hard not to. Despite spending 270 weeks at number two in the official World Golf ranking behind his rival, Phil never quite took that top spot from Tiger. Mickelson's 45 PGA Tour titles are barely half of Tiger's staggering record total of 82. And even though Lefty wound up winning six majors of his own after falling behind Woods by eight early in his career, he still trails Tiger's current total by nine. But that doesn't mean the Hall of Famer hasn't etched out his own distinct place in golf history, despite playing during the Tiger era. I was talking to somebody in Chicago, and I, and I was trying to explain to them, I go, think of, think of Tiger as the Packers, mm-hmm. and think of Phil as the Bears. Right now, you know, if you looked at, the, at it right now, the, there's no rivalry. The Packers win that matchup all the time. Right. But it's not always been that way. Over time, the Bears have had their moments, and the Packers would never think that the Bears aren't their rival just because they've had their way with them of late. But unlike rivalries in other sports, you don't have to completely side with one or the other in golf. So as much as that analogy works, you can't seriously root for both the Packers and the Bears. Golf fans, however, have found themselves pulling for Tiger and Phil at various times over these past three decades. That's because golf is just different and fans constantly find themselves rooting for multiple storylines when there's a packed leaderboard. Not to mention the multiple majors and other big titles up for grabs each year. So while the space at the top of the game may be small, there's still room for both, as evidenced by all the years that Tiger and Phil spent at number one and number two on Forbes' ranking of the highest paid athletes. And even with Woods still recovering from last year's car crash and Lefty recently hitting a metaphorical speed bump, Both will continue to be showered with affection by their adoring fans, no matter what else they do on the course, or where they wind up going off it in the future. Herrig's book may be coming out next month, but Tiger and Phil aren't slowing down when it comes to authoring new chapters to their well-documented and well-connected lives. They've had these long careers, they've sort of ebbed and flowed, they've both had their moments, and you know, I still think there might be a few more possibly. I, I don't know if we'll see them on the course, you know, Tiger's health is such a big um, question mark there. But, you know, do they, it, is it design projects? What if they both want to do TV someday? Does one get it and one doesn't? Is one on one network? Is one on the other? I mean, you know, I, I just, and, and if those guys choose to be elder statesmen, probably less likely for Tiger. But if they would, how incredible would that be? So they have so much more to offer still. And, 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 and that's, I think, what's going to be fascinating to see going forward.
Local Knowledge is produced by Gregory Gottfried with editorial guidance from Sam Wyman. Our music for today's episode is called Wegwerfen Older Behalten, and it's by Kielikaster. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to Local Knowledge wherever you get your podcasts. And check out Golf Digest's weekly gambling podcast, Be Right. Thank you. I'm not dancing. There's no, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's no chance. Uh, that's not happening. It's intimidating but, with a guy of my moves. But I know, would love to, to dance see him in front of me. I understand that. Anything. Yeah. The, the, uh, the possibility of me doing the worm is it's possible, it's improbable, but possible. <laughs> wow.